What is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX GamerCast. We are on episode 54 of my little gaming show where once a week I go and talk about video games. Rather, old video games from my past, games that I'm playing right now, top 10 lists. I got a versus series where I put up two video game things and they battle it out for supremacy. It's a good time. If you like video games, you, you, might, you might have a good time right here. So... That being said, you can probably read today's topics. We're going to be getting shameful. We're going to be talking about some things I'm not necessarily proud about uh, during my 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 life as a gamer. So we're going to go through a handful of stories and whatnot, and we're going to go through and talk about some things that I don't want to really talk about all that much, but I'm going to talk about it. And, of course, I would love to hear some gaming shames from y'all. Is there a game that you missed out on or a game that maybe you sold too early? Anything like that. If you have, if you have a regret, maybe, in your gaming life, share it here. That would be awesome. It's, it's maybe... I've heard it's therapeutic to let this out. So there's another gaming podcast that I listen to, Remember the Game. They do something similar to this, but uh, I don't I don't know. I've never actually listened to the episode, but they Anyway, let's talk about some freaking video games. But before we get into that, Let's talk about what I've been up to over the last week or so, and of course, I always encourage the listeners, let me know what you've been up to over the last whatever amount of time. You just loving a video game, just really into an awesome television show, you just need to let someone know about it, let me know about it. I might I might want to watch it too, or maybe I have watched it, and we can have a fantastic conversation about it. If you saw a really awesome movie that you think is underrated or no one's talking about, let me know about it. I'll, I'll talk about it. Maybe I'll probably watch it. You never know. So with that being said, let's dive into what I've been up to over the last week. Pretty hefty, pretty hefty amount of stuff this week. So let's just start out with movies. The Mario Bros. movie dropped on Prime, and uh, yeah, I, w- I stopped and watched that immediately. I sat down, watched the Mario Bros. movie, and I really liked it. I thought it was damn fine. It's definitely not like the most amazing animated movie. I thought they played it kind of safe, but for me, a gamer, there was so many little uh, Easter eggs throughout the movie, little this and that, like having uh, the original Mario voice actor being the dad of Mario in this movie. That was fantastic. I also, I love the fact that Mario doesn't like mushrooms. Like that, I don't think they've ever touched on that before, and I thought that was fantastic. Little kind of thing that they had all throughout the movie. That was great. Voice acting, you know, I know a lot of people were all up in arms about the the cast when they announced everybody, but you know, yeah, Joe Rogan or not Joe Rogan, Seth Rogan did Donkey Kong. You did the <laughs> his laugh. I loved it. I love the laugh. I'm a sucker for the laugh. Uh, personally, Luigi, Charlie Day, I love Charlie Day, don't get me wrong, huge fan of Sun, Always Sunny, it's just sometimes his voice just pierces right through my skull, and it just, ugh, but really did like, <clears throat> excuse me, like the movie quite a bit, gorgeous looking movie, it's uh, beautiful to uh, to look at, but yeah, I highly recommend it, it's just a very easy watch, I was uh, re-watching a little bit with my wife, just, yeah, it's a good movie, it was definitely, definitely worth a watch, that's for sure, you're gonna like it, I would think. And then I also watched the movie called Prey. This is this was on Disney. It's the uh, prequel to Predator. So this is excellent movie, by the way. I just got to say that right out of the gate. Um, so it's a prequel to Predator. This takes place 
in like 1776 or some shit like on the Great Plains. It's got Native Americans. It is so freaking cool. I love the setting of this movie in it's probably filmed in, Mo- in Montana or something. It's just great big plains, and I just I love the theme of it. Like it's um, sadly it's it's not an origin story or anything like that. So if you're looking for an origin story, you're not going to get it here. But I think it's um, the first appearance of Predator coming to Earth. So they send down a Predator, and it's just looking for competition, pretty much. And yeah, people are just like, "What the fuck is that thing?" And to watch the technology of the Predator going up against people in the 1700s, it's kind of amazing. So yeah, I would recommend that movie. I would give it like a seven and a half out of ten. I thought it was a really, really good movie. In terms of that Mario movie, I, I was like six and a half out of ten. Really, really solid movie. I watched a lot of movies this week, so I also popped in uh, The Imitation Game. Might be The Imitation Games, but uh, an older-ish movie. I think it's 2014. <clears throat> Excuse me. With uh, Benedict Cumberpatch, baby. Um, you might know him as... Uh, he played Sherlock. He played a... Uh, he's in the Marvel movies. Doctor Strange, I think. I don't know. I don't really know that stuff. Anyway... Great flick. Great flick. It's uh, based on a true story of um, basically mathematicians, scientists trying to break the code that the Germans were using to um, to hide their messages during the World War II. This is about the, the group of scientists that break that code, mostly focusing in on uh, Turing. He's a very, an incredible story. It's an incredible story. Um, I know that the movie has some inaccuracies in terms of historical accuracies, which, you know, that's going to happen in these kind of movies. It's very rare for um, historical movies to be, like, fucking one-to-one on how it happened, like, but it was outstanding, an outstanding story, very, very cool. I don't want to, like, um, spoil how it goes down. I mean, it's, it's... like the, it's out there it happened in reality but it's a really sad story man like this it basically was hidden from from the world for over 50 years before queen elizabeth ii like finally pardoned all this stuff it's a really really good movie um i i don't want to go into too much detail but the the acting was superb the the female actress i can't remember her name right now but oh my goodness she might be like top five i had a huge crush on her she's so pretty she's so cute and her acting was superb there is a scene in the movie that just gutted me bro like um cheering and her having a conversation and oh my goodness dude it was so heartbreaking such a heartbreaking um but then she just turns into like this ultimate badass in that scene see it's really hard to talk about because i don't want to spoil it but check that movie out man it was on my radar for a long time you know it looked like something i was like oh maybe that's gonna be a little bit boring but shockingly not boring at all like that movie flew by i was like wow it's already over it's a very engaging movie very very cool very very interesting and uh yeah i definitely went down the rabbit hole on wikipedia after watching that movie and it just seems like hey what was real what did and didn't happen and yeah i love doing that kind of stuff so i would highly recommend the imitation game that's like an eight and a half out then that was a that was a superb superb movie right there so those are all the movies that I've been uh going into i'm like kind of putting my way through spider-man into the uh, into the Spider-Verse, the first one, not the newest one. I've already seen it. I'm just kind of like re-watching it so I can get ready to watch the newest one because, oh my God, just have to say, the the Into the Spider-Verse, 
Ooh, it's up there. It's like one one A one B best Spider Man movie I have ever seen. I have not seen the newest Into the Spider Verse movie, which is probably going to be the greatest one. Special shout out. I, I mean, I just I love Spider Man. I am a huge Spider Man guy, and yeah, the Miles Morales stuff. I freaking love it. I cannot wa- wait to watch the newest Spider Man. All right, so some TV shows. I finished off Reservation Dogs, season two anyway. I know season three is out there. It's just not out on Disney yet. Wow, this show was freaking awesome, man. Wow. Um, Pretty emotional, uh, the second season. Like, they really... um, of just kind of driving home like friendship and and bonding and how important that is and it's just a really freaking well-made show and I'm really excited to check out season three it's got that coveted 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and like not a lot of TV show seasons have gotten a whole of 100 for the whole entire season so I'm very interested I'm already super into the show really like the characters quite a lot in this one the kids are awesome very very strong acting all around and yeah I would highly recommend that show don't let that one pass you by it's a really easy just good comforting watch I don't know I really enjoyed Reservation Dogs can't wait for season three and then I dived into the Righteous Gemstones Danny McFreaking Bride everybody I love Danny McBride and uh, yeah, I've been kind of holding off watching this one, but I just couldn't wait anymore. And I, I dived into this show and oh my goodness, yes. Very, very funny show indeed. So it's basically like this uh, church family, I guess. Like they run a church, like a mega church, one of those huge crazy churches. And it's just shenanigans. Shenanigan filled all the way to the brim. It's uh, quite awesome. There's been a handful of... <clears throat> burst out laughing moments for myself personally and yeah it it takes quite a bit to get me to laugh like that so this show was able to do that a handful of times now already I'm only a handful of episodes in but damn I love this cast you know John Goodman and shit like oh my god it's got Adam Devine Levine Adam Devine Uh, he's from Workaholics I love that guy he's so freaking hyped up and stuff I I really enjoy him honestly it was me listening to him on Steve-O's podcast and they were talking up the Righteous Gemstones a bunch and I was like oh shit he's in it and I don't know I just it sent me over I was like that's it I I have to watch it right now and yeah it's pretty freaking awesome it's a very funny show I'm very much so digging it there's that stupid song that they sing in it there's like um uh the main guy's wife, his her brother, he sings a song with her. It's like, um, oh, damn. Uh, Miss Behaving. Oh, my God, dude. That song is a banger. And I, I am not a country music guy. Uh, I love Shania Twain. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, damn, that thing got drilled into my head. That was a freaking awesome, great show. Also... Check out Eastbound Down if you if you have if you happen to have gotten through this show or something you're looking for more Danny McBride Eastbound Down it's just Danny McBride but he's playing baseball it's unbelievable so that's all the TV shows that I've been diving into over the last week or so oh sorry I also was watching uh, finished off the dark side of the ring which again I will say is probably the best wrestling documentary show I've ever seen there's four seasons of it of just very in-depth, very dark, obviously, Dark Side of the Ring, but yeah, chilling tales from the wrestling business, and a lot of them are eye-opening to me, a lot of them I've never personally heard before, so it's an excellent, excellent wrestling documentary. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, the stories are well worth just, yeah, check it out. It's an amazing show. 
Now, let's talk about some freaking video games. So I've been playing uh, Horizon Forbidden West. And you know what? Freaking people out there, you know what? You know what? I'm going off for a second. Y'all disrespecting Horizon out here, and I am not about that. I love Horizon. I, I, It deserves more love, and it's not just another third-person action game from Sony, even though, yes, it is, but it is so much more than that. God damn it. Beautiful freaking game. I am definitely going to be doing a episode on Forbidden West once I am completed, but so far, so good. I, I can't tell you how far I'm in so far. Probably like eight to ten hours or something like that. little rocky at the beginning, but... Now that I'm back and I'm comfortable in this world, oh my goodness, man, I'm having a phenomenal time. I'll get way more in-depth with that once we have an episode ready for that. So, yeah, plowing through Horizon Forbidden West and, and oh, oh, we're going to have some Horizon love when I'm done that game. Because I love the Horizon franchise, the series, they're excellent video games, and they deserve all your respect and time. I've also been plowing through Final Fantasy VII, and I'm literally, I'm at the Sephiroth fight. I'm at the final fight of the game. I cannot believe how fast I got through this game. That's just the magic of, you know, re-releasing video games now with quality of life updates. I can just speed my way through Final Fantasy VII in a way that would probably upset people, but I... I'm having way like such a good time playing Final Fantasy VII. That'll more than likely be next week's episode. We'll be talking about Final Fantasy VII, so we'll be talking. We'll go way more in depth with the Final Fantasy VII talk shortly. Been playing a little bit off and on that theater rhythm, Final Bar Line, Final Fantasy. Again, that's just something. This is probably going to be the last time I talk about it because it's just something that I'm just going to continue playing like a little bit for probably the rest of my entire life because it's so damn fun. But yes, again, highly recommend you check out that theater rhythm, Final Bar Line. I've done all the. I've gotten through all the songs now, and now I'm just going through them all again on higher difficulties and trying to finish the. The challenges, so yes, it's a, a ton of fun, and sadly, I did not play any Titanfall 2 this week, I just didn't have any time this week, but I'm still planning on finishing that game, and that's it, baby, that's all of the stuff I've been up to over the last week or so, let me know what you've been up to over the last week, and let's get shameful, let's talk about some stuff that's gonna make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Alright, who's ready to just release their deepest, darkest secrets, huh? Huh? You ready? Oh, it's not gonna be that bad. It's not gonna be that bad, but definitely some things here that I'm not necessarily proud of, but um, let's just dive in with it first. Uh, The first one that I got here, uh, because I've been talking about Final Fantasy, and this is something that I have been trying to rectify, especially over this last year. I beat Final Fantasy VI, I beat Final Fantasy, well, I'm going to beat Final Fantasy VII any second now. But, I have to admit, I have never, I never beat a Final Fantasy game until Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, which was, what, 2020? And it's extremely shameful for me because um, Final Fantasy is one of the games that I remember, that was one of the first games I remember playing, was the original Final Fantasy on the Nintendo, and man, like, I still remember the music, like, even when I played the theater rhythm and I got to Final Fantasy 1 I started listening to those tunes I was like oh my god like I remember these songs from when I was a kid it was absolutely ridiculous but Final Fantasy has been in my life 
I would think it's probably the series that's been with me quite honestly the longest. It's like Final Fantasy, Mario, and Donkey Kong. Like those have been, and Tetris, I guess. Those are like the, the four series that were there right at the beginning. Like when my lights turned on, my brain flicked on, and memory started sticking with me, it was Final Fantasy and those three other games. But I never beat one until just so very recently, and that is not because the games are bad or anything like that. It's generally always because the games are so damn long, and I'll usually lose interest, or I'll lose interest for an amount of time, try to come back to it, and it's just no fuego, senor. It's not happening. I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing, and that is exactly what happened to Final Fantasy VII, why I was never able to finish that game. I bought it a long time ago, and I was playing through it with my player's guide. I even bought a guide for it and everything, which honestly, I think you kind of freaking need for Final Fantasy VII. Anyway, um, I got to a certain point in that game, and I forget what happened. It's just rather I stopped playing it or I lost my spot in my guide, and that was it. Like, I was just completely lost, didn't know what I was doing, and that was that. So I got probably... Probably like 70% of the way through Final Fantasy VII. I think I was just starting into Disc 2. So yeah, that was the first... Well, I mean, Final Fantasy One. I. I barely got through the first town. I was four years old, so I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Never played Final Fantasy Three or Six on the Super Nintendo. I never had it. I didn't touch another Final Fantasy until Seven, And Eight. I never touched... 9, I actually did get to finish, but that was after Final Fantasy VII Remake. It just kind of... Final Fantasy VII Remake reignited my love for the franchise. It was definitely... It was definitely, like, way down. Like, I kind of forgot about Final Fantasy, especially after Final Fantasy XIII. And then fourteen Online, I was like, okay, I'm not doing that. Fifteen, I just never touched. And, yeah, so sixteen, I'm very, very interested in, yes, but... For sure, Final Fantasy VII Remake reignited my love of Final Fantasy. I started going back and playing the older ones. Especially, like, I have to thank the Switch for that so much. Like, re-releasing those games on handheld with the quality of life updates. It's just, nah, now I can really fucking plow through these games and, and actually beat them, which is awesome. So, Final Fantasy... 12 is one of my favorite games on the PS2. It's probably it might still be one of my favorite games ever made. I haven't played it in a very very long time, but that one I never got to finish either and I remember I was, I was so far into that game and I think I got hit with a boss. There's some really tough boss fights in 12 and I think I hit a boss wall and I just couldn't get by it and that was that. Uh 13 I gave up pretty fast on. I feel like a lot of us did. That was just not a Final Fantasy I was very into. It was super linear. The characters were just... No, I was not into the characters whatsoever. It was a beautiful looking game. And then they tried to change the combat up. And it's definitely like... It started there at 13. Where the kind of the combat is in Final Fantasy now. But yeah, back then it was a little bit janky. And it wasn't quite there. And yeah, Final Fantasy 13. I'm not going to say it killed the franchise for me, but it definitely did a big blow to it, that's for sure. And then after that, I didn't touch one until Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, and I beat that. And that was one of the most spectacular uh, Final Fantasies I've ever played. I would probably say it's my favorite one right now, but, you know, that's it's so new, and it's just so iconic with the characters of Seven and stuff like that. But maybe at some point, once I beat more of them, we can do, like, a top ten Final Fantasies. I haven't finished ten of them, so... Oh, and Final Fantasy X, speaking of that one... I got very, very, very far in that game as well and never beat it. I just, ah, 
really, really upsetting, man. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed Final Fantasy X. I really, really like that game. It's gorgeous. I really enjoyed the characters. I know everyone wants likes to talk about the Titus laughing segment or whatever, but people that make fun of that, I feel like have never played the game because if you played the game, you know that's all in context. Like people are taking that scene completely out of context, but it doesn't matter. It's it's definitely an iconic, funny scene. Like there's no doubt about it. that. Laugh is an, an atrocity to voice acting and all that stuff, but. Yeah, Final Fantasy X, never got to finish that one either, so those are all re-released on the Switch, and at some point, yeah, they're all on my hit list, I want to get back to them, I want to finish 10, I want to finish 11, or 12, and 10-2 I actually never played, so I would like to try out 10-2, I've heard some pretty damn good things about that, and me personally, I'm just, I'm not an online guy, so like Final Fantasy 11 and 14 is just not up my alley, so I wouldn't be playing any of those. But they're all on my hit list, and now, especially with the Pixel Remaster being released, I actually have the opportunity to beat all the Final Fantasies now if I want to. They're all available to me quite easily, so yeah, I'm, I'm very, very happy to say that I am getting through it, so it's a shame that I am working on to fix, so... I have to admit, that was, that, was a, that was a shame I put down pretty much immediately. That was the first one I wrote down. So, the next one I have here is I Grew Up with a Sega Saturn, so I know people are going to be like, what, that's, that's not a shame, it's, it's a joke, okay, it's a joke, if you, if you listen to the podcast, remember the game, they have an ongoing joke with Sat, they call them the Saturnians, it's people that grew up and had a Sega Saturn, they are generally a very, very vocal group of people that like to let everybody know that they had a Sega Saturn, and it was awesome, now, that being said, I had a Sega Saturn growing up. It was at my dad's house. So whenever I go see my dad on the weekend, my parents were divorced. I don't care. It happens. Uh, they were divorced at my mom's house. I had the PlayStation at my dad's house. We had the Sega Saturn. And yeah, I played a lot of Sega Saturn growing up. I mean, I enjoyed the system. I didn't know any better, man. I didn't know what other systems were around me at the time. I, I mean, I feel like the PS2 was probably coming out pretty soon around the time when I was fucking around with the Sega Saturn and stuff. I was a very behind gamer. My parents were very smart about that. Like, born in 93, they put me on a, on a Nintendo, which was from 85. I didn't know any better. So, if I have kids, that's exactly what I'm going to do. But anyway, so I had the Sega Saturn. There's a handful of games that I played a ton growing up. I did an episode on Lunacy uh, not too long ago, one of the quirkiest, weirdest games I have ever played, and I played a ton of that game on the Sega Saturn with my sister back in the day. Just a very, very strange game. And then we had, like, the more normal ones, your Virtua Fighter, Virtua Cop, Virtua Racing, or whatever the hell that was. Daytona is full of me. That was a good game. And lots of other fighting games. Battle 2 Shoulda, Battle Arena, or whatever the fuck. Uh, I had Mist on the Sega Saturn. A lot of games I won't remember the names of. There's this really weird... A robot fighting game where like I remember vividly the one robot that I liked the most is because he can rip off his own head and he would like throw it at people that was really good there was this top-down shooter game that uh, my dad and I would always play and it's like you pick out like these four characters really weird and you're like breaking out of a prison or something like that I remember the one guy he had like double revolvers he was cool my dad always played this person that was a ginormous baby it's like the seven foot tall baby guy it was a really fucking weird system and I really wish I still had it I remember 
We'll get to that, but I, I do not have that system anymore, sadly. But yeah, I grew up with the Sega Saturn, so I mean, some people might make fun of me for that, but um, it, I, it was an okay system. I didn't hate it. The controller had six buttons, you know what I'm saying? That's pretty cool. So... So I have, um, I used to be pretty big into game collecting. I would go out on the regular with my buddy Billy. We'd hit up the retro game shops in town and we would just, uh, generally I would come up with uh, quite a lot of games. That's when I had a job and no responsibilities. So it's just all money and I could just spend it all on video games. It was a great time. So there's a handful of, of gems and things that I've missed out on in my hunting, my game hunting days, I found some pretty awesome stuff out there that I didn't pull the trigger on, and the one that still haunts me today is me not buying a top loader for $75 when I found it out in the wild, so what is a top loader, you're probably asking, well, a top loader is a a video game console that can play both Nintendo games and Super Nintendo games on the same console. So during that time, I was very into collecting Super Nintendo games, and that was like that was my one of my white whales out there. I was like, I, I would never have ex- expected to find one out in the wild. I was introduced to a top loader through the Angry Video Game Nerd. He had one. I was like, I need that in my life. I found one out in the wild. I had the money for it. It was $75, and I just didn't pull the trigger, and then I proceeded to never see one ever again, and if I have seen one ever again, it's not $75. I'll tell you that for free, so that is that is super uncool. I'm very unhappy that that happened to me. Uh, I'll throw in a little bonus because my, my ongoing saga of trying to get myself a physical copy of Super Castlevania 4 for the Super Nintendo. It's been ongoing since I was about 13 years old now. I still don't have a copy of it. And um, yeah, so uh, lots of times I've... that uh, Super Castlevania 4 was a retro game that was probably the one that I wanted to play the most. Again, back to Angry Video Game Nerd. He did a video on it and I was just like, I really, really want to play it. And I was out hunting and hunting and hunting and I found a handful of them out there found some for like 40 bucks, I was like, nah, I found one for like 35, I was like, nah, and those are all prices, that's some pretty nice prices, I would say, no, maybe 10 years ago, it was a little bit high for sure, but now that's a pretty nice price, and then I found one out in the wild, and this some bitch was really damaged, and at this point, I hadn't seen one out in the wild in a little bit, so when I found this one, I was feeling a little bit desperate, and yeah, the the label was peeled off, like you could barely even tell that it was Super Castlevania 4, but at this point, I really just wanted to play it, so I tried my best to haggle with this guy, he wanted 20, I was like, bro, like, come on, like, the thing is destroyed, like, I'll give you 10, he said, nah, not moving on 20, I said, fuck it, I'm out of here, and I walked away from it, and yeah, that's pretty much it, from then on, I've I find them all the time, I saw one out in the wild last week, not gonna lie, and an Earthbound for $550, found a, now when I see a Super Castlevania cart out there in the lot, out in the wild, it's probably like $50 to $80, and yeah, now I just have it on my Switch, I beat it, I did a video or a podcast episode on it, and yeah, Bob's your uncle, I got it for like $8, $6 actually, and yeah, I don't have to worry about that anymore, but yeah, there's definitely been a handful of 
games that I have let slip through the cracks in my times. Those two in particular, those are the big, big kahunas. Generally, like, I think I have more stories of me, like, getting really good deals. I don't know if I should say, I'll probably just save that for some sort of other episode, like, best gaming finds or something out in the wild, but yeah, the worst one for sure was letting that top loader go by. That just, I still think about that top loader, man. Oh my god, I'm so sad that I did that. And now, let's talk about some Pokemon. So... Pokemon, I mean, I think we all know what Pokemon is, right? You know, the little monsters and you throw them and shit. Yeah, um, so I got a Game Boy Color when I was young and I played the shit out of Pokemon. And that pretty much set me up for only playing Pokemon on handhelds for virtually forever. I mean, for the longest time, I only bought the handhelds for Pokemon. If you look at my handheld collection, it's essentially all Pokemon games, and the ones that aren't Pokemon, I probably hadn't played, or I just didn't like all that much, but I am trying to rectify that now, again with the Switch, and I'm going back and playing some of the older uh, DS titles. They got Game Boy Advance games coming out there now. I finally played through... um, uh, Metroid Fusion, that game was a lot of fun, and yeah, man, it just, it really bothers me that, man, like, uh, that should have been a system that I wish I spent a lot more time on, especially when you're a kid, man, like, like, that would have been a console that I would have been able to get a lot more games for if I asked for them, but I was a PS2 kid, and PS2 games were more expensive, so your parents are less prone to buy you as many PS2 games, but, you know, a, a Game Boy Color game and a Game Boy Advance games, they weren't as expensive as your home console games, so I wish I was able to get more into um, the handheld gaming when I was a kid. It was strictly for Pokemon. I played a lot. Like, I I did a lot of handheld gaming when I was a kid. I just wish I was able to broaden my horizons a little bit because there's a lot of bangers on that console. Sadly, I remember the first game that I got on the Game Boy Color that wasn't Pokemon was fucking Hamtaro. Does anyone remember Hamtaro? It's that hamster fucking cartoon anime show that used to be on YTV as a kid. My sister and I loved it. We had hamsters. I, I had a cup. I had a handful of hamsters growing up. Uh, and yeah, we <laughs> got that video game. It was fucking terrible. And I was like, oh, oh, all these handheld games suck that aren't Pokemon. I, ch- I had a Dragon Ball Z game as well that I just really didn't like. I did have the Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Seasons. My sister and I had those. And it was just, I just didn't know what the fuck to do. I was like, eight or nine years old, and yeah, I got stuck, it's a Zelda game, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, so, yeah, that's something that I definitely wish I was able to, um, explore more on when I was a kid, I hear, like, lots of people, just so many great stories with the handhelds, and I definitely underestimated the, how awesome handhelds are, like, a, a Game Boy Advance game still looks and plays awesomely today, like I said, I played Metroid Fusion, I was like, shit, man, this is, This is pretty good looking, and I just wish I was able to broaden those horizons a lot more on the handheld. Thankfully, you know, Nintendo, even though they're they're dripping them out slower than than you could possibly imagine, they're releasing some of the games I'm dying to get my hands on, like a Golden Sun, try those out, Advance Wars, I want to try. All the Metroid or not the Metroid, the Castlevania handheld games. I haven't tried any of those. Like 
so many games on on the on the handheld that I've missed out on, and it's definitely not too late. They're just kind of hard to get your hands on, and yeah, it's it's not necessarily the easiest console to go back and try and find those games. Hopefully, Nintendo's going to release a lot more uh, in terms of those Game Boy Advance games, especially. But um, yeah, definitely a little bit of shame that I. Uh, only played Pokemon on the handhelds growing up, but I don't think I'm alone on that one. So here's one of me just kind of being a chicken shit when I was a kid. I played, I was playing Resident Evil very young at my aunt's house, and if you are aware of the first Resident Evil, uh, I only made it to the legendary dogs breaking through the glass. And I tapped out. I said, nope, I put the controller down, and then I proceeded to watch my cousin Kenny beat the whole entire game in front of my face and just, you know, make me feel like a a very small boy at that time. But yeah, I was an absolute chicken shit of horror video games pretty much up until, like, last year or so. I was very, very uh, cautious of horror video games. Like, there's been a lot of them that have come through that have reviewed quite well, that I'm like, ooh, I would really want to try that game, but then I'm like, oh, it's a scary game? Oh, never mind, I don't want to touch it. For years, I avoided the new Resident Evil games, and I only just recently got through those, and those are spectacular. And I will admit, Resident Evil 7 might be one of the scariest games I've ever played. And that might make some of y'all laugh, but I just admitted that I'm a chicken shit, and I got terrified of the the, uh, dogs from the PS1 game. Actually, well, it was the dogs and the giant tarantula that was on the roof. That also creeped the hell out of me. Because, like, I did the dog thing, and then you, like, go around, you go down. And when I went down, you just see the spider, like, on the roof, and then, like, goes away. And I was like, I don't know where it is. I'm like, I'm never going down there ever again. I'm done with this game. That's it. We're done here, folks. And, yeah, so there is a lot of uh, horror video games that I've just never touched and probably never will, especially ones on PS2, like Silent Hill. I I remember watching my cousin play that, and I was like, hell to the na-na. It ain't happening, bro. I'm not doing scary games, which is weird because I am a horror movie nut. I've been watching uh, very intense horror movies since I was about four years old. I remember watching Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street at a very young age. Chucky, especially. I loved Chucky growing up as a kid. And yes, scary movies don't bother me very much, but games is a whole different situation. I'm in control now and it's, it's, oh God. But Thankfully, uh, over the last couple years, I've been doing more Let's Plays of horror games and putting them up on YouTube, and I found for me personally that was a very good way for me to get through horror games was to record it, so then at least when I get scared, I'm like, well, at least it was entertaining, hopefully somebody laughed at that. When it's just me alone, and I get scared, I'm like, damn it, (laughs) my my manhood, it's shrinking, but yeah, um... Resident Evil 7, one of the scarier games ever played. Dead Space, that was that was a really hard game to get through. That was... I started playing Dead Space, the original, back in the day. And I didn't get very far into it, and I quit. I'm like, too scary, fuck this. And then I decided to do a Let's Play of it, and I got through the rest of the game. And I was like, oh baby, I think I figure, figured something out. But then I didn't play a whole lot of scary games after that. I tried The Evil Within. I was like, not, not, not feeling this game. Way too scary. Um, I tried Amnesia for some reason, and that game petrified me. That game absolutely petrified me. I played the, like, I already watched a Let's Play of it. I already watched a guy play through the whole entire game. I'm like, all right, all right. I think, I think I can get through it with, uh, some memory of, like, maybe where the monster was going to be. And I downloaded, like, a demo, and the monster shows up, like, 
way before it's supposed to, and it scared the fuck out of me. Uninstalled the game on my PC and never touched it again. I tried Outlast. My wife and I tried that one. We were scared, but then it just got annoying. Like, um, we just couldn't figure out what the fuck to do, and we just kept dying. So that one was just annoying. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm a real chicken shit when it comes to horror video games. Like, you would have to pay me an absurd amount of money to strap on a VR headset and play Resident Evil VR. Like... Nah, man, just nah, I don't like that shit, I hate getting chased, one of the thing I hate the most in horror video games is getting chased by shit, and like, you have to get, like, one of the most stress-inducing moments I've ever had was in Dead Space, the OG, where there's an enemy chasing you, he can't be killed, well, he can be killed later, but at this point in the game, can't be killed, and you're just trying to run away from it. And then they fucking send you through, like, a library where you gotta, like, slide these bookshelves around. I almost had a fucking heart attack. I may not have been here with y'all if, if I, oh, man, that was a really, really rough one. So, so yeah, so I'm admitting that I'm absolute chicken shit when it comes to horror video games. But I'm getting, I'm getting better. I, I really am. So, um, okay, these are, these ones are tough, so let's, uh, let's just rip the band-aid off. I've never enjoyed Sonic the Hedgehog, just the, the video games. The character is fine. I've actually liked a handful of his TV shows. Uh, I used to watch, I think it was one on Fox back in the day. Gotta go fast! Gotta go faster, faster, suck it, suck it. Oh, Sonic X, that's that. That's it. I, I, I watched Sonic X as a kid. That was a really good show. But the video games... I could I I just don't give a shit about the Sonic video games. I played some of them and I just hated all of them. I played the OG Sonic the Hedgehog way back in the day. I hated it. I I just I was like I thought this game was supposed to be about going fast and all I'm doing is running around and and not able to go fast. I'm losing rings and I don't like it. So me personally I've never ever liked Sonic the Hedgehog games. Uh thankfully like I feel like I dodged a bullet here because those like die hard Sonic fans They've been going through the ringer for quite some time now. Like, that 360 era was god-awful for them. With the Sonic 06 and the fucking Shadow the Hedgehog. Like, oh my god. So many of those games just look so terrible. And I've just... I've never been interested in any of the Sonic games. Like, it's just not a game that really appeals to me. I've played a handful of them. I don't like the way it feels. I just... Not for me. I haven't tried any of the 3D ones. Like, I've never tried Sonic uh, Adventure. I haven't tried, like, Sonic Mania or anything. I've heard, like, there's some of them out there that look like they're getting really good scores. And they look like they're pretty fun. Like, I almost pulled the trigger on Sonic Colors. That game looked pretty awesome. But, admittedly, like, I just avoided Sonic completely. I just, I've never really been interested in Sonic. There's so many other games that I'm interested in. And Sonic games... They generally seem to be very hit and miss uh, with with people, even the ones that have reviewed well. People are complaining about it, so I don't know. I feel like I'm just kind of going to stay away from Sonic the Hedgehog. The only one that I played and really enjoyed was the uh, that kart racer that he had, the uh, Sonic... Oh, jeez, I don't remember what it, what it was called, but that was a fucking quality kart racer right there. It was really hard. My wife and I were playing it, and we were really, really enjoying it, but then it just got too hard, and yeah, so I think there's a, there might be a second one out or incoming. I would definitely, that would be the most interested I've been in a Sonic game. I'd be like, oh, cool, but that's not, like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just not really a big Sonic guy, never really have been. Even Mario, man, like, I'm not putting Mario on the Sonic level. I've played tons of Mario games, but... They're just not on the the tier for me that those that 
they would be with other people like Mario games when they get announced like the new one that just got announced Mario Wonder or whatever like I didn't even like bat an eyelash on like okay it's just it's another Mario game like I know I know exactly what it's going to be it's going to be a 2D Mario game and everyone's going to love it even though it's going to have all these flaws and no one's going to talk about it so it's okay so yeah Sonic the Hedgehog I just I don't care so I'm sorry Sonic the Hedgehog's fans but it is what it is so this one here up next uh, just makes me a little bit upset. I am, I'm going to beat it, but I'm probably just not going to be able to beat it without, you know, cheating a little bit. So this one, there's not many games out there that I can say I haven't beaten that really bother me more than this one. And that is Donkey Kong Country 2. I can't beat that game. I can't do it. I've tried. I've tried to try to try it, and I can't fucking do it. It is so hard. Such a hard game, and it's... It's been haunting me my whole entire life. Again, Donkey Kong Country is one of the earliest games I remember, I remember playing as a kid. And Donkey Kong Country, the first one I finally got through uh, a while back. But that that was an achievement for me. Like, that was big. A game that I've been, you know... Like, we, my sister and I tried to beat Donkey Kong Country as kids. But we would eventually hit a wall. And then we would just reset the game and start over and play the fun levels again at the beginning. And, uh, yeah, so... Getting through Donkey Kong Country was amazing, but oh, it's going to feel so good when I finally get through Donkey Kong Country 2. That game is so freaking hard. I think where I generally always end up tapping out is the swamp area. If if I think it's rather the swamp or the 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 roller coasters and stuff where you go to the theme park. I watched my buddy Billy crush the whole entire game. He can beat it with basically his eyes closed. It's not even fair, but yeah, I think maybe back then it might have been because I was using a Super Nintendo controller that wasn't very good. My Super Nintendo controllers aren't, they aren't in great quality anymore. They're, um, you really gotta, like, slam down on them for them to work. So, uh, now it's out on the Switch. I haven't gotten to it yet on the Switch. Maybe soon. I'll, I'll start playing it pretty soon. And then, yeah, I'm more than likely going to have to use save states or whatever to get through that game. I don't care. I guess that's another shame. I use, I use save states, all right? I use save states, I use guides, I don't give a shit, I don't have time for this shit, man. Literally, I was using, I use guides like crazy playing through Final Fantasy VII, because whenever I was just like, okay, I don't know what to do, I just, I'm not going to sit here and run around looking for shit for 20 minutes, no, 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 I ain't got time for that, I'm 30, I, I go on the guide and like, tell me what to do, alright, cool, boom, save fucking 30 minutes, awesome. So, let's let's dive into that shame a little bit more. So, yeah, I can't beat Donkey Kong Country 2. Okay, so let's talk about this shame. This is a new one. I, I'm just kind of running with this one on the fly. Yeah, I use games, I use guides, I use walkthroughs, and I use save states when I need them on my Nintendo Switch. They're there for a reason, man. They're, they're there. So, like, gaming is completely different. Back in the old days, they made games extremely hard and difficult because they couldn't make games 40-plus hours long. Now, every game is 87 hours long. It's got fucking 20 DLCs and shit like that. Nah, nah. I ain't got time to piss around trying to figure out where this box is or some shit. I was playing Final Fantasy VII, and they needed me to find this key. And I was like, okay. So, I was like, I'm not even going to bother trying to look for it. I just looked it up on the guide. And then I read what I was supposed to do to find that key. I'm like, how the literal fuck was I supposed to figure that out on my own? Like, Jesus Christ, Legend of Zelda is one of the most egregious, like, that one I couldn't beat. I couldn't beat Orcarina at a time without a guide. It would have been impossible. I would never have figured it out. I'd still be on the Water Temple today if I didn't have a guide. It's just, 
I have no problem with people using guides. And here, this is probably one of the biggest shames that I have. I use guides to get through the Dark Souls games. So the only one that I played blind, I played Elden Ring blind with no walkthrough because... Like, why I, I can't see a walkthrough really working all that well with Elden Ring. It's, it's a pick-your-own-adventure kind of game, so just go out and explore. But in terms of the, the Dark Souls series, the Bloodborne series and all that, I started on those OG. Like, I bought Demon's Souls back in 09 when it came out. I played it, got my ass handed to me, and quit. I bought D- Dark Souls, played the hell out of that, got my ass handed to me, and quit. So when... I played Bloodborne. When I got to Bloodborne, I'm like, all right. Like, I really, like, I've always loved the games. Like, when I played Dark Souls and Demon's Souls, I loved how it felt. It was so addicting. It felt so good and satisfying, the combat, but I couldn't beat it. I couldn't get through it, and I was tired of getting angry all the time. I was like, I'm tired of getting angry, so just give me a walkthrough. Tell me what to do. And then I started uh, following along with Fighting Cowboy. He's got an excellent video guides on YouTube, and... I have no problem with someone using a guide. I would never have beaten or even enjoyed any of the Bloodborne. No Bloodborns. I, would have, I wouldn't even be a fan of that series if I didn't start using guides for them because I just don't have that kind of patience. I do not like doing things over and over again. I fucking hate it. And that's what those games are all about. Trial and error. Okay, you're in this area. Go and figure it out, and like you fall into a hole, and you got to start all over again. Nah, nah, not me. I, I'll I'll watch the thirty-minute guide video. It's like okay, so there's a guy hiding here, there's a trap there, and there's a trap there. Boom! I go and I go do it. I still got to do the fighting. I still got to fight them. I just want to know where the bullshit traps are, and I don't want to fall for them. I don't want that to happen because I hate it. I don't. I will put the game down and I'll move on to something else, bitch. I don't have any time for that, but. I use guides to get through the Souls games. I will probably use a guide. There's two more that I need to do. I need to play Dark Souls 2, and I need to do Sekiro. And I feel like I'm going to definitely be using a guide for those because I'm just not going to enjoy the games if I don't. If that makes me a bitch, then that makes me a bitch. So be it, but I beat Melania on my first try, so that's what it is without a guide. So there is that. So yeah, I like using guides. I don't have a problem with that. Again, man, there's just... There's not enough time in the day for me to piss around and trying to figure it out. Now, if it's a puzzle, then yes. If it's an actual puzzle and stuff. But if it's like, I just don't know where to go. The game isn't giving me proper direction and stuff like that. I don't fuck around trying to figure it out. Like, nah. But if it's a puzzle, then yeah. I I want to use my brain. I love video games for the way that it makes me use my brain. So... Yeah, I'll use save states, especially on those old platformers. I admittedly, I have never been good at platforming games. I use save states like crazy to get through Super Mario World, Mario Bros. 3. And it's not that I couldn't beat them without them. It's just that I'm going to have a so much better time using these save states. They're here for a reason. Then I don't have to do shit all over again, all over again. Just avoid all that and let's just fucking meat and potatoes this game no fucking veggies no bullshit no mixed greens i don't want it just give me the meat and taters and we're good to go and that's exactly what i did with final fantasy 7 i was like yo what's i just beeline that game fucking times three speed the whole entire game and i got through it in under 20 hours it's incredible anyway yeah so i use guides what come at me i don't care i i encourage guides they're there for a reason all right so Let's talk about a game franchise that I've never played before. And, you know, I was actually just came up with that realization not long ago when I was recording another podcast. I'm like, oh, come to think of it, I've never actually played a Gran Turismo game before, which 
is a little bit surprising because I'm I wouldn't say I'm like a, a big racing fan, but I play a lot of racing games and I feel like I've played just about every major franchise's game, at least one of them. I played Need for Speed, I played uh Horizon, I played uh uh others and stuff like that but no I have actually never played a Gran Turismo game and like I said it's weird because I've grown up a Sony kid I've started on the PlayStation 1 never played a Gran Turismo on PlayStation 1 there's a ton of them on PS2 there's like three Gran Turismos on PS2 and they're some of the highest rated games on the system and I never touched them honestly I just I think when I was a kid I definitely wasn't into a simulation racer which I believe that they are again I've never played them so I don't really know correct me if I'm wrong but I will admit that the the newest one Gran Turismo 8 on PlayStation 5 that one definitely piqued my interest I'm very interested in that game though I am a little bit uh, nervous about it because I'm hearing bad things about the online and like stuff like that but anyway uh, yeah never played a Gran Turismo game before and I imagine there's other game franchises out there that I have not played before but Gran Turismo to me I just I was surprised I was like shit I should probably rectify that and and try one out and see how they are but yeah I never played a Gran Turismo game before so there's that okay and now we we're we're getting down to the two of the the biggest shames that I have so I'll save the biggest one for last so let's talk about the GameCube so the GameCube came out and I wanted nothing to do with that fucking thing man and it's I hated the controller. That's that's as simple as it is. I went over to my buddy Patrick's house. He had the GameCube. We played some Brawl and it was fine. I just I hated the controller. I did not like the way that it felt. I thought the console was kind of like yeah, like oh, it's purple and like I mean, now I love purple, but back then I was it wasn't the most appealing looking. Like it's literally just a cube and yeah, I, I wanted nothing to do with that GameCube. I think I played a GameCube three times, and it was all Brawl. All I ever played was Brawl. I think once I played Simpsons Hit and Run, that was pretty wicked. But other than that, man, I really wanted nothing to do with that GameCube. And, oh man, I really missed the boat on that one, man. There was melee tournaments that I, I really wish I could have been a part of. I, I had been in a couple of them, like... I just, there should have been so much more with the GameCube. And sadly, like, no one around me were GameCube people. Where I grew up, we were all on the PlayStation 2. Everyone was playing, like, SmackDown versus Raw and stuff, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And, yeah, no one I knew had a GameCube, which was weird. Um, everyone did a PS2. I had a couple friends that had the Xbox. But, yeah, um, that friend that I did have, Patrick, who had the GameCube, I moved away from that school. So he was no longer a friend of mine. And, and you know, it was he had a GameCube, so I didn't want to talk to him anymore. Any Anyway, but now I want to play so many GameCube games, man, and they're so fucking expensive, they're so damn hard to find, and yeah, it kind of sucks, like I technically have a GameCube, because my Wii is is a GameCube, it's backwards compatible, but, and I even own a couple of uh, GameCube games, I've never played them, but I own Metroid Prime 1 and 2 on, on GameCube, and yeah, I just never played them, but there's so many freaking games on GameCube that I want to try, man, number one would be that, um, that horror game that came out, fuck, I can't remember the name of it right now, but, um, that one, no, I don't remember the name of it, but I really wanted to play that one, it just looked so freaking cool, Soul Calibur 2 on GameCube, I was so jealous of them getting Link in their game, and we got fucking, uh, some old dude from Tekken, I was like, what the fuck is that, but, man, I mean, the GameCube now, 
It looks like it's aged very nicely. I mean, a lot of the games there still look good. I have not played Mario Sunshine. I am desperate, so desperate to play, um, not Twilight, uh, Wind Waker. I want Wind Waker more. That's, that, that's my number one, Wind Waker. I've been begging for a Wind Waker remake on Switch for years now, and I'm still waiting. It's going to happen. It has to freaking happen. Like, why would you do Skyward Sword of all the Zeldas? Yeah, how dare you? No one played that one. Anyway, yeah, I had it. I wanted nothing to do with the GameCube. I still don't really like the controller all that much. I know people love it. Maybe I'll go fuck around with mine. I have one upstairs that I should just see if it really is all that bad. I just, I hated how small the analog stick thing was. It was so tiny. My thumbs were always falling off of it. It just felt so uncomfortable. Felt like it was made out of Lego pieces or something. I just was not feeling that GameCube at all. And I'm regretting it today because their games are super expensive and hard to find. And I really want to play. Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. That's another one that's like really high on my list. I want to try out. Oh well, maybe one day we'll get uh, GameCube games on Switch, or they're gonna start remaking them. I mean, they put out a handful of them, like they re-released Pikmin and shit. That's kind of cool. I'm gonna be playing those as well. And now, for the ultimate shame of my life, my ultimate regret, something that I feel like a lot of us have done at one point in our lives. So don't 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 come at me too hard, but. I sold my games when I was 12 or 13 years old. I sold it all. Sold everything, pretty much. I only kept, like... Oh, man, I remember that purge. I think all that made it out of that purge was my SmackDown vs. Raw, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, The the Sims, and I think that's it. Everything else was gonzos, boys. Everything was gone. I sold my Sega Saturn that day with all the games. I sold my... Super Nintendo, Nintendo was gone, my copy of Chrono, Chrono Trigger, gone, um, yeah, man, this hurts, <laughs> this hurts to talk about a little bit, uh, what else did I sell, uh, most of my PS2 collection, like, a lot of the games that I ended up going out and rebuying, there's still a handful of them that I haven't been able to replace, um, trying to think of other really rare shit that I sold, I mean, I got rid of all my all my handhelds were gone, the Game Boy Colors, which means, you know, that was my Pokemon Gold is gone, my my Blue, and those are very fucking expensive now today. I think I just saw a boxed Pokemon Blue, it was like 350 bucks. I'm like, oh my god. So yeah, I sold the whole fucking Kip Cam Caboodle, the whole thing she went. You know, once you start getting interested in girls, uh, you start losing interest in video games. And personally, I was at a point with video games that all I was playing was SmackDown versus Raw. All I played was that's the only thing I played. I was so into wrestling. That's the only game I needed. Like the odd time I would play some Grand Theft Auto, but that was it. Like they would just, I would get the new SmackDown versus Raw for Christmas. And that's all I played all year long. That's it. Maybe some Gretzky NHL 05, but yeah, for a while there, I was, I was a one game kind of guy and my dad loved it. He's like, Oh man, remember the days where you only wanted one game and now you want like 50 games. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. He always has to bring that one up. But that was a very devastating day in my life. I would proceed to go on. I would, when I got my job at the grocery store, I remember for a while there, <laughs> I would walk out of the video game store with stacks of PS2 games, all the ones that I, I sold and trying to recoup all the lost assets. And it was hard, man. Like I spent a lot of money getting my N64. Like 
I, I definitely went to a really sh- shitty shop, like someone that was uh, scalping and, and selling shit for, for way more than I should have bought it for, but I really wanted an N64. I got it, paid up the ass for a fucking Smash Bros. card. It was like $70. I had GoldenEye, sold all that shit, ended up rebuying everything, and now I have a pretty nice, meaty N64 collection that I'm rather proud of. And yeah, man, I would uh, absolutely, if you're ever in that position where you feel like you need to sell your games, do not do it. Don't do it. It is not good. <laughs> I, I even did it. I, like that wasn't the only time that I sold my games and regretted it. That was just the big purge of like 2006 where I just got rid of fucking everything. And like, it wasn't even just the video games, man. I got rid of all my wrestling toys, which were probably worth something. My Final Fantasy toys. Uh, like, yeah, my Disney movie collection. Like, yeah, man. And they, I did good at that garage sale, but oh my god, it just sold my childhood for fucking nothing. And, like, there was a handful of other ones when I was in high school and stuff where I would trade in a game and just to try and get the new Call of Duty or you trade in, like, these games and try and get... I always regretted doing that. I did that with Call of Duty, uh, not Black Ops, World at War. I sold my World at War. I traded it in so I can get the next Call of Duty. And my friends eventually ended up going back to World at War and got really into it again. And I didn't have it anymore. And I was like, fuck, like, ah, I hated, I hated that. I just, you know, we all go through those times, man. The grind is real where you don't have any fucking money and all you really have to do, all you have is your own shit to sell. And we've been, we've all been in that boat. It's a fucking shitty boat, but honestly, be patient. Just play the shit that you have and, and just wait it out, man. Like, there's nothing worse than, than having to go out. I mean, it is kind of fun going out and rebuying the games that you sold, but it, until you get to a game that you can't find anymore, it's like, oh shit, like I can't, I can't find this game. It's really hard. Or you sold something that was really rare. Like for me to try and recoup my Sega Saturn games, like, oh man, what a pain in the ass that's going to be. It sounds like it's going to be really expensive. And yeah, thankfully my majority of it was PS2 games, which are generally pretty easy and cheap-ish to replace. Like, a lot of them were, like, yeah, they're, they're pretty easily to replace. There's still a handful of them that I I recall, like uh, Medal of Honor Frontline. I have not replaced that game yet. Just haven't done it. I just, but I really do because that's, that's a special game to me because a, a special friend of mine gave me that game. And it's, uh, yeah, so I would really like to get that one back in the old collection, but yeah, man, the the big purge of 2006 was god-awful, man, it was absolutely awful, I feel like I went down to maybe like five or six games or something like that, and that's how it was for a long time, and, and don't worry, thankfully now I'm probably upwards of like a thousand or more games now, so don't worry everybody, I'm, I'm very good nowadays, I have more games than I know what to do with them, but if you're in that position, man, don't sell your collection because your future self is going to slap you in the face. If you do that like I did and trying to recoup some of those Super Nintendo games was like, oh, man, they're, they're so fu- like I can't I haven't been able to recoup my Chrono Trigger. Like, I just don't think that's ever going to happen. That is an extremely expensive game to get a physical copy of on the Super Nintendo. So, yeah, I don't think that's going to be happening, but I got it on the DS, so it's okay. It's not like I can't play it anymore, but, yeah. I would love to have had my, like, all the original. Like, I love when people are like, oh, this is this is my copy of Super Mario Bros. from when I was a kid, man. Like, this is, the, this is my copy, and I've had it my whole entire life. And I can only really say that about, like, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Like, that was... 
Oh, man, I even sold my Legend of Dragoon, which makes me throw up. I'm so fucking angry at my young self. God damn it. Yeah, so um, I think that's all my shames that I, I want to share with everybody this this week. Uh, if I come up with some more, we'll do uh, another shameful episode another day. Or maybe y'all can share your shames, and we'll just share your shames on an episode sometime. That could be a lot of fun. But yeah, in a way, semi-therapeutic. I'm definitely not sad right now, but it's okay. It's okay. So uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this week's episode. You're awesome. Make sure you're leaving a review or liking the podcast or whatever you got to do. Just help out the little guy over here just trying to make make his way in, in the massive jungle that is gaming podcasts and whatnot. But it is what it is. So again, thank you so much for listening. These do get uploaded to YouTube. So if you want to go over there and watch them, just uh, do that. That would be awesome. It's a great place to leave comments over there on the YouTube channel. If you want to have a question answered live on the podcast related to video games, wrestling, or hockey, or you can just send in a random question about the podcast or anything like that I can do my best to answer it don't send in like you know exam questions for your math test because I I'm gonna I'm not gonna be able to help you out with that man that's just not going to happen but yeah so on the docket uh should be Final Fantasy 7 next week I should have that beaten uh today I'm hoping I should be able to get through that I'm on the final boss so well if you want to send in some Final Fantasy 7 questions be free uh, feel free that'd be awesome I'd love to do my due diligence and try and answer those questions for you and if you have any suggestions for future games you would like me to try and tackle and stuff like that uh looking like in the future we're gonna do like a final fantasy 7 there will be a horizon forbidden west at some point and i should be i should start working on a versus again here i i just i don't want to do another years of gaming but i kind of do because it was quite fun it's not the most painstaking episode to put together like to do a versus between two video games, I gotta play two video games, and that's tough. Like, if I wanna do the next Jack and Daxter versus, I'm gonna have to beat Jack 2, and I'm gonna have to beat Ratchet and Clank 2. So, yeah, those ones are, are definitely a lot more of an undertaking for me to do, but if you have suggestions, feel free, send them in, let me know. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again soon with some more GX Plus Case.